Welcome back to the Conscious Contact Podcast. My name is Janae Peavy from Acme Acres, and I'm here with my co-host, Susan Sanders of Sustainable Sue. And today, we're going to talk about eating sustainably for the environment and for our sanity. And I love that title because <laughs> I think it's important. Um, I want to start with like the surface level thing that we were talking about right before we started recording. So eating sustainably for my sanity right now looks like making a meal plan. So I have an issue with deciding what I'm going to get at the grocery store, what's going to be for dinner, because it's just too many choices. Mm -hmm. There's too many options. I never know what I want. How am I supposed fatigue. to? Yes. Oh my gosh. Like my brain does not, like, I just can't process that. And it requires me to have a good hour to two hours of time where I just take it. And right now I'm, I'm really like looking at a whole month. I'm deciding wow. what do I really want to cook? And obviously I have a, a bank of recipes that I know are like hitting it out of the ballpark, make this, it's wonderful. Uh, but I don't want to just make the same things every month because that's not going to add to my life. I mean, sure, it'd be an easy decision. However, it's not going to push me or grow me or let me try new things. So I pull the ones I know I want to make, fill in the, like, those days are very movable. Like, let sure. me not try to tell you that I <laughs> stick to, <laughs> I'm already it's, off track. It's a plan. It's not <laughs> yeah, rigid. Exactly. It yeah. gives me an idea of like, okay, I don't know what I want to cook this week. Here are some things I've already set out to make. Let's make a grocery list. Um, and I have a an Excel spreadsheet that was made by someone on Etsy, and they did a wonderful job. But it's got an area for the name of the recipe, an area to put the link to the recipe if it exists online, Ooh. and then an area to type in. And I have not done this yet. This is like a, <laughs> a long-term project over many years. All of the different ingredients and the amounts that are in the recipe, and then it automatically generates a grocery list on a different sheet of that Excel spreadsheet. You put in the recipe and it'll automatically populate how, what so you need. So if you have one recipe that needs two eggs and another recipe that needs eight eggs, you need, you need, you know, you need 10 eggs. Yes. Oh. Yes. So I'm working on, I need to go through and put all the ingredients in. That's my next step. Uh-huh. Um, but man, not just removing some of those decisions makes it more sustainable for me to cook at home every night. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes I'll be like, I have no plan for dinner. I don't want to cook. Let me order takeout. Right. Because that seems like the easier decision, which I still then mm and all over, what am I going to get takeout for 30 <laughs> minutes when I could have cooked dinner? You know, it for me... I, one of my values is that I like to cook at home and further than that, I like to cook from scratch when I can. So making the decision easier on me, making it to where I don't even have to think, I don't need to make a grocery list at the end of this, yes. hopefully if this Excel spreadsheet works correctly. Wow. You know, just removing more and more of my human excuses Yes. And making my value system easier to live up to mm -hmm. uh, is a big part of eating sustainably for, for me right now, like very surface level wise. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The meal planning, um, that month at a time is just a dream come true for me. And I would just 
eat the same thing every day if I could. <laughs> I've done that before too. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Kendra Adachi, the lazy gen- genius, she calls the, that list the brainless family crowd pleasers. Mm-hmm. Brain, brainless crowd pleasers. Love it. What actually you know is going to work and knock it out of the park. And then yeah. she does what you suggest is then, you know, plug in one new one. Yeah. You might be able to reject it knowing you have a, a, sure thing the next night yep. it's less painful yes if you yeah. try new things yeah now I am married to someone who would be just fine finishing work at five and going to the grocery store to see what's up oh and if he does that with me I will eat the countertop by the time he's come back like, <laughs> yeah when I get off work at five I want to come downstairs and be eating by five thirty. yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm definitely more rigid than planning when it comes to that. So here, of course, those two people marry each other. And <laughs> yeah. Have to go to get along. So where we've landed is we do some very loose meal planning on Sunday where we say, mm-hmm. you know, what are the next, uh, what are four things we want to have for dinner tonight? Yeah. And inevitably I ask that and I get crickets back And so like, I'm now trying to give him some sort of bumpers like, okay, well, we haven't done breakfast in a while, like since last Thursday, Uh uh you know, when in doubt, we're going to pick breakfast. I'm going to pick breakfast. Yeah. So then he could say, well, how about eggs Benedict or how about pancakes or how about, you know, whatever. So we have some loose guidelines or I could say like, there's ground beef that we need to eat or, um, we have a shit ton of leftovers. We need to go ahead and do yes. that. Yep. Or we're all going in different directions. Let's just, my friend Bridget calls it yo-yo. You're on your own. Mm-hmm. And you all have to figure it out. So that yeah. way, if I just want to have my peanut butter and jelly sandwich for dinner yeah. and take the dog to the lake, I can do that. Yeah. And he can, you know, eat a bowl of cereal or whatever yeah. he's going to have. So we try to, that's our version of meal planning. Yeah. Is long story or short story long for me. I love that because I get no feedback whatsoever. <laughs> so it's just me in a vacuum. Like I know his tastes and what he will and won't uh-huh, eat. But uh-huh. if I ask him, he'll just give me a blank stare. Like, you know, I'm not going to answer you. Right. <laughs> like <laughs> That's it. You're just yelling into the void. Yes. Or he'll ask for something super intense that I've never cooked before. Like he asked for pho recently. And I'm like, um... I would love to. However, that terrifies me. So yes, I need to get over that and cook it eventually. But I don't know if I want to sink two days of my time into something that might not turn out. Um, I'll do it eventually. It just has to be the right season of life. (laughs) It has to be a time where I can because that's the other thing with this meal plan. Also, I look at my uh, social schedule, as it were. And I look at okay, this night, am I gonna have three hours to cook this meal? Or is this a 20 minute type of vibe this day do I have time to start this brisket in the morning and let it cook for seven and a half hours okay no I don't need to cook it this day Mm -hmm. because that's the other thing too is I will stress myself out making this elaborate meal on a night that I just can't do that yes and I'm like oh well it's it's, it was in the plan and that was my old style of planning that's right and now I can be like okay let me open my calendar for the whole month Mm -hmm. when am I out of town when am I eating dinner with friends and I need to have something ready for Luke because I'm not going to be here when does he need to go eat with his friends Mm -hmm. himself or you know really saying okay or um looking at when I'm going to have leftovers. What do I make that I know I have a ton of leftovers? How can I put that in the plan? Yes. Because it just makes my life so much easier 
And if things move around, that's totally fine. Like I just went through my first um, like week of my month of planning because I don't start on the first of the month. I start whenever the mood strikes me. Of course you do. <laughs> yes. I just. I just broke out in a sweat over here. Because <laughs> <laughs> if I wait, that's a long time between now and the first of, well, right. from last, the beginning of uh, last week or the end of the week before that to the mm-hmm. first of September. And I was yeah. like, I can't handle it. My brain needs to start now. <laughs> well, and that's the whole idea of sustainable productivity. Yeah. Start where you are. Yes. Like, I just need it now. Yes. My brain hurts now. And yes. So, so I'm recovering yes. with that as well. Yes. <laughs> I like that you started today. Yes. Like whenever. Yeah. You're in your week one. And yep. things have already moved around. Yep. And we've had takeout once because I, dudes, you can just go ahead and stop listening now. Started my cycle, had zero energy, slept. I, I slept my full eight hours, woke up, did some stuff, took a five-hour nap unintentionally, oh. got up, went to stuff that I had to do that night, came home, had zero oh, energy, went body. to bed. I know, slept another nine hours, woke up. <laughs> like my body was like, you need to shut down. You're finished yeah. here. Um, so I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to make bolognese. <laughs> right. I'm going to wait till tomorrow night to do that. And we're going to have, I think we had Bonch on from downtown, yeah. which again, I still try to choose. Like if I'm going to have takeout, I try to choose options that I know are at least semi home cooked, you know, mm-hmm. which a lot of the times means like Thai or like a mom and pop place and not a chain. Um, right. cause I mean, also why not support them if I'm going to eat takeout? Right. Um, but really trying to set myself up for success. And this is the one time that I haven't because I was so focused on the meal plan. I didn't focus on making things ahead of time, mm-hmm. like emergency meals in the freezer. A lot of the times I'll make like a couple meals that I know that I love or like I'll make double of something sure. and put one in the freezer and then it's good for three months. Pretty much everything. Once you put it in the freezer is good for three months. If it's already cooked food, it's time for me to clean out my freezer. <laughs> <laughs> Writing the dates on stuff is like changed my life because I never think about it. And then it's like, when did I cook this? Is that what my stomach ache was about last Maybe. week? Maybe. I think that, that <laughs> chicken tortilla soup was like a year old. <laughs> Some oh, stuff has man. a longer shelf life. You have to look at, um, because I mean, it also matters how much salt and vinegar is in the stuff that you cook yeah. too, because you know all of that science. Right, See previous right. episode for some links to some cookbooks, but yeah, yeah, just reducing the amount of decisions that I have to make allows me to consistent consistently cook at home more mm-hmm. and make that something that's sustainable. And it isn't just a one-off, oh, I've got all the energy to cook right now and I bought everything at the store and I made this big meal and, oh, now I'm done. Let's order takeout for the rest of the week. Yes, yes. And so, you know, we say sustainable uh, on the surface level, but I think that is a little bit um, customizable because, number one, everybody has what is sustainable for them. And we're talking about sustainable, like, is this something you could continue to do lifelong if you wanted to? Yeah. That's sort of how we're defining that. Yeah. Um, so everyone's going to have their own definition and everyone's going to have their own, um, you called it as a season of life. Mm-hmm. So where are you in this season? So I wonder if when things get really hot and heavy with construction of the new house and you're driving there more regularly, yeah. things are going to need to be, um prepped yeah (laughs) yeah prepped or just faster recipes that you pick yep 
or or crock pot or something yeah yeah exactly and so like this summer when my daughter was home from college she did all of our meal planning wow and let me tell you homegirl loves a casserole (laughs) and so and I was like well I guess I'm gonna have a salad for lunch and balance yeah 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 (laughs) my nutrients here Mm -hmm. um but you know what? I didn't have to plan a ding dang thing. It makes your brain feel good. Yes. <laughs> and now that I had that break over the summer and my husband and I have taken that back as she's at college, we had a break. And so now that's recharging for us. Yeah. So it is sustainable and what is working for, for your life. Yeah. And if folks aren't sure what that means, start with where you are. Like I said before, what is not working? Yeah. So if what is not working for us is to buy seven days worth at a time, because that's where mm-hmm. I started with this meal planning. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, let's do it all in one. Blah, blah. <laughs> um, and what doesn't work for me and my, not only is it, so two things here. So it's not sustainable because the food went bad Yeah, mm-hmm. and we had to throw it out. Yeah. And that, that upsets me more than anybody. Yeah, because that's not family. eating sustainably either. Right. Yeah. That's a big fat waste of money. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm sacrificing a chicken. I'm okay to yep. eat it, but I'm just throwing it in the trash. Yeah. That's not nice. Yeah. But also, it really is uncomfortable for my husband because he's like, I don't know what I want to eat today, let alone next Friday. Can yeah. he just do his threshold is four days? Yeah. And that is fine yes. because now... I am in a season of life where I can go out during my lunch hour, pop over to the grocery store, get stuff for the next three days. I couldn't yeah. do a whole week. Yeah, yeah. But I can get a few things because that is where we are. Yeah. So I think I talked myself in a circle, but anyway, let me. No, let me I love right that. There. Yeah, I it it's trial and error because I've done that before too, where I buy a week's worth and then I get to day seven and all my ingredients are off. And I have to throw them away and I have to go back to the grocery store anyway. So it's not saving me my time, my effort, my mental space. And that doesn't mean planning doesn't work. Exactly. It means this plan didn't work. What are some adjustments that we could make to make it work? Exactly. So now I do not buy mushrooms until the day before I'm going to use them. Yep. Because man, mushrooms get soggy fast. Like, good Lord. Ugh. It reminds me of the the meme I've seen about avocados, like avocados. Yep. Not ready. Not ready. Not ready. Rotten. Rotten. <laughs> yep. They're ready for 10 minutes on a Wednesday morning. Yes. Yep. So oh, it's, it's really paying attention to shelf life of different items, which again, makes me be more in tune with like what I'm doing and in yep. touch with the ingredients that I have. And also I'm like trying to plan this around being able to buy the things from the farmer's market. So that means yeah. I need to go on a Saturday, you know, and be able to go during this time period. So that means I need to get my planning done by this time. And yes, all of that makes me just be present. Cause I can't just float by the seat of my pants. Like, yeah, I can run to the grocery store anytime I need to. I'm not going to beat myself up if I forget something, but if I want to live up to the value system that I have just for me personally, Mm -hmm. I have to like put some systems in place to be able to do that. But it's constant adjustment. Like, cause if I'm buying from the farmer's market, sometimes they're not going to have something I want. I know. Don't they know what my plan is? What are they doing? Yeah. Which may mean I need to cook more seasonally, which is another thing I want to hit on. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to be able to ju- do that subject justice. So please just Google eating seasonally. And there are mm-hmm. a ton of cookbooks out there that will 
guide you in the right direction. Mm -hmm. But it basically means eating what is currently ripe in your area that you live in. So that's going to be different for every state and sometimes in different parts of the state it's different. Well, I do know for North Carolina, the um, agricultural extension is for the it's the Department of Agriculture for the state. They will publish ve- fruits and vegetables yes. that are in our zone for each season. Yeah. And then what you could do is Google recipes for yes. those ingredients. Exactly. And there's lots of people that have made cookbooks for eating seasonally for each region. Like a hundred percent. Yes. And you know, it, you don't have to just show up and see what's available. It is pretty easy to know what's in season. Um, I think that I have a printable calendar from the North Carolina something. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got like different colors and it shows you when they're in season. That's the ag extension calendar. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Me too. It, it makes it really easy. And sometimes you're like, oh, wow, there's not a whole lot in season. That makes you grow creatively also. And I mean, yeah. if you really want the strawberries, like get the strawberries in winter. Right. It's okay. Like yeah. you shouldn't do that all the time because we're going to get to that. Well, here's what but. I do though, is that I completely go overboard with my strawberries in the summer. Mm-hmm. And so we will eat half the bucket and then I freeze half the bucket. Yes. So I do have those strawberries in the winter Yes, because I'm a squirrel and yeah. I just plan to have that later. Yeah. That's a wonderful workaround. Yeah. You either doing it that way or making it such a treat that when it that season comes around again, That's you right. haven't had them since yeah. last summer. I mean, we we deny ourselves pleasure by having all of this stuff easily accessible all the time. Yeah, it makes it not this special moment like apples. For God's sake, mm-hmm. we have apples all the time now. So it doesn't make it this beautiful beginning of fall shout out, you know, squashes and, you know, we, we just have it so easily accessible and we're giving up a lot to have it easily accessible. So for people that don't know, and again, I'm going to be very service level with this because I'm not an expert to be able to have strawberries, fruits, that kind of stuff in the winter. If you don't live in a tropical climate, they are picked before they are ripe. So that they can survive the trip over here. So rewinding. It could be three weeks ahead. Yes. Mm -hmm. And that means they're grown somewhere where they either grow all the time, which is okay. Because that happens in some places. Mm -hmm. But normally not like strawberries. If they're, they're normally grown in a tropical climate where strawberries aren't a native plant. But, you know, that that's a whole nother rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. But they are either grown somewhere where it's warm all the time and they can. Or they're grown in a way that is, they're, they're able to be grown based on being grown in a greenhouse or being grown um, hydroponically or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which, again, is not, like, bad in and of itself. However, they're, it's just not good quality. They are picked so far before they are ripe. Right. That when you get them, it's not the same anyway. Like a strawberry that you get in the winter at the grocery store does not taste the same as a fresh strawberry from Rudd's during the summer. It just doesn't. Yeah. And I have also noticed that the strawberries that you would get in a store, they're massive. Yeah. And people are like, oh, this farm stand strawberry is so little. I don't want those. Taste it, man. Yes. It has more flavor in that tiny strawberry because... Yep. It hasn't driven it because it was picked when it was supposed to be. Yep. It wasn't driven in a darkened truck yeah. for three weeks. 
and then sit in a container in your grocery store for a couple more weeks. Yep. And that is why sometimes when you buy the plastic pint, is it a pint? Mm -hmm. The ones in the bottom are rotting, even though it's got the airflow holes in it and everything. um, It's just not the right season to, to buy that. So there's a lot of, and, and, I'm going to get a little bit crunchy here with the whole sustainable definition because what cost to the environment is it to have that truck yep. or the ship yep. or the airplane, whatever, how do, the transport, that's yep. the word I'm looking for, to get here and then sit in your grocery store in the plastic container. In plastic. And then most of it, like, I, I can't remember what the stat was, so I'm going to get it wrong. But it's an astronomical percentage of produce is thrown away because Americans, mostly Americans, I'm calling us out, yeah. won't eat it because it's bruised, it's misshapen, or yeah. it started to rot. Yeah. And I do want to say more about that later, but the misshapen, isn't there like a whole yes, misfit market? Misfit, that's what mm-hmm. it is. I'm going to write that down so that I can link it. Yes. They sell misshapen produce yep. that would not sell at a grocery store. There's nothing wrong with it. It's perfectly fresh right. and healthy. Just because a tomato isn't a sphere yes. doesn't mean it's not delicious. No. And I would argue that the like German Johnson's and stuff like that, the crazy looking tomatoes are so And they fit better. better on your sandwich. Yes, I they do. I cannot get two tomato <laughs> slices to fit on a piece of bread. Me either. And I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a whole nother neuroses that we have. Yes, exactly. Or they'll yeah. just continue forever. So one um, thing I was thinking about when you're talking about apples and what's in season, et cetera, is I want to consider like when we when we have a traveled as a family um the washington apple that we get in north carolina tastes <laughs> like gravel compared to a washington apple in mm, washington oh shocker yeah right rainier <laughs> cherries near mm, rainier are amazing like i don't like cherries and i will eat rainier cherries in washington wow. all day long oh my gosh so as you are experiencing eating, yeah. um, even for where you are, yeah, think about it that way. So, and, and also regional eating, regional eating. Yeah. Thank you. And that goes back to the cookbook. That's what yes. I was thinking about it too. Yes. Because, it, and is there a way that you can um, also eating sustainably? This is partly about sustainable crunchy, but partable part about sustainable experiences because part of um in my opinion part of what brings me joy is the experiences that I have Mm -hmm. so my parents had a condo in Florida for over a decade and when we would go visit they would take us to Sun Harvest and you could try like 10 different kinds of oranges like are there 10 yes there are there's a yeah (laughs) and they were all delicious and so after my parents sold their condo my husband was real, real sad that he could not go to Sun Harvest anymore. But you know what we do? We spend a bajillion dollars and get a giant crate of Sun Harvest oranges mm-hmm. sent to us at one point and then some other thing. Clementines maybe? When clementines are in season. And it is it it I, I cannot tell you how much joy it brings him. Yeah. It reminds me of that trip with my parents at, that we would do every time. Yeah. Not to mention they're just damn good because they're grown in Florida where oranges are supposed to be grown. Yeah, yeah. We do not buy them from the store and we only eat them when that box shows up on our doorstep. Yeah, yeah. And 
if you cannot grow something where you live, do exactly like you're saying. It is a treat and try to buy it as close to the source as possible. So like if, or if you're not like legitimately growing it on your own land, Mm -hmm. go to the farmer's market and get it. And then one step farther from that, if you can't, if it doesn't exist where you live, get it from somewhere that it is actually grown. Yeah, because like, it is yeah. less of a carbon footprint to have it shipped to us from yes. Sun Harvest in Florida yep. than to buy the shitty orange that is in the supermarket. Yeah, and they're gross. Yeah. They're just gross. Yeah, and it was so dang funny when the kids were like, this is not what the oranges taste in the, like, it was a whole new fruit for them, yeah. the orange from Florida yeah. versus the orange from the supermarket. Ugh. And now, of course, they're like, well, we're not going to buy them in the store either. <laughs> so yeah. Whoever they marry someday, sorry. Yeah. And I mean, not it's right. it's like strawberries from our local farms here in Summerfield versus 100%. what is in the store. I mean, you cannot compare them. You just can't. Yep. And yep. it's, it's wonderful to cook. Like, I love a good Italian dish. I love a good Asian dish. I love a good Spanish dish. Like, that's that's all well and good. However, I need to try to make sure that I am not cooking with subpar ingredients. Because, again, it, one, the recipe is not going to turn out. And I'm going to think I don't like mole because I that's right. don't have the access to the right ingredients because <laughs> they don't exist here. Mm-hmm. Um, or I'm just not going to the right store. Mm-hmm. And I need to be going to Fanta City and getting like actual ingredients instead of whatever existed at Harris Teeter's International Isle, which I could go on a rant about. Me too. Uh, um, please yeah. go to, if you live in Greensboro, go to Fanta City. Um, yeah. just or Super G. General. Yes. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's something where just being intentional about the choices that you're making yeah. is a big deal. And I mean, it's, it's I think... In like mainstream media, if we can make make it super simple, it could just be if you're going to the grocery store, like if that's where you're buying your produce, which just try the farmer's market is all mm-hmm. I would say to that. Just please, God. Um, but buy organic instead of regular. You know, like and and this is this is kind of another rabbit hole with eating sustainably in general that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. We have this illusion of cost. Um, we have an illusion of cost based on the prices at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. So when some people go to the farmer's market or they get meat from their local, uh, farmer, they're like, whoa, this is more expensive. That's because that price at the grocery store is an illusion Mm -hmm. that that cost is coming from somewhere. One, it's the quality of life for that animal. So like broadly, let me just say that. That animal that you're getting from the grocery store, just in the the red plastic package with the cellophane on it, had a not great life and probably a horrible death. Like, and I, I'm not saying this to make you vegan. I'm not vegan. <laughs> I'm I'm saying you can choose to eat an animal that was raised appropriately, that had a a wonderful life the way that they should, that were raised on a farm, grass fed, grass finished beef. And are not stressed by their environment because yes. it tastes different. It does. I swear it tastes different. It, the fat composition is different. Everything yep. is different. Yes. And just your conscience is going to be different once you're like <laughs> fully aware of that. Yeah. So the force of nature meets, and I've mentioned them before. Um, I think it's that one of the owners was giving an interview talking about this fallacy of cost. Yes. And that people sometimes just aren't willing to pay 
more because they don't understand the value inherent in it. So one, yep. you're getting a better quality of meat because that meat had a better quality of life. So just period. Mm-hmm. You're also supporting a farmer that cares about you and the end product and those animals and is mm-hmm. probably a second or third or fourth or fifth generation farmer Yep, that is trying to survive in a world where factory farmed meat is like the only option. Right. And it is just not healthy and it's not sustainable. If you want to talk about global warming and climate issues, if you're still buying factory farmed meat, you are part of the problem. So you're going to have to jump down off of your high horse <laughs> because that is one of the biggest offenders for carbon emissions, for right. pollution, for, I mean, in your body as well as the environment. Yeah. And there's so many issues that come along with that. The salmonella outbreaks that happen all the time in chicken factories, the, the mad cow disease that have, yeah. you know, it just, it, there's so many things that could be avoided. You're going to pay a little bit of a higher price. And I've said this in the last episode too, the best meat that you can buy is the best quality that you can afford. That's the choice yep. that you should make. And yep. if you can't afford something from force of nature or from your local farmer, which I would caution you probably can. Well, I'm going to talk about that too, but go ahead. Yes. It buy something that says free range or grass fed, grass finished from your supermarket. Like just wild caught versus farm raised. Yes. If you're talking about fish. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Which I would probably caution you don't buy fish ever again, unless you're catching it yourself, Mm -hmm. which you, that's a whole rabbit hole we don't need to go down yeah. um but it is it is making those choices and like if you don't feel like you have the money to do that maybe buy less pre-packaged pre-prepared convenience foods right maybe don't buy the biscuits in the can save that four dollars buy a pound of or a big five pound bag of flour instead mm-hmm. and then be able to make a crap ton of stuff from that instead of just biscuits. Right. And I I think if you shift that mindset, not only are you looking at uh, the price for the value, which is astronomical Mm -hmm. uh, with local meat versus factory farm meat, but you're, you're going to get more out of that just value system wise. And like, once you start looking into that, it's hard to go back, you know? Hey, it's Susan from SustainableSue.com. On the Conscious Contact podcast, we talk a lot about below the surface level and what things feel like and what change might mean and how we approach the need to change. And once we decide that something different needs to happen, a lot of times we're frozen. And I've worked with a lot of people, but mainly women that get stuck on where to start. So what I did is created some resources pulled them together in the Sustainable You program. Basically, it's 15 to 20 minute lessons that break down where you could start to begin to live a life you don't need to escape. There's health and fitness, there's mental well-being, there's environmental surroundings, there's habit change. You could take them all together or individually at your own pace. So if that's something that sounds like it might be interesting for you, and now you just want to figure out where to start, head over to sustainablesue.com course and we'll get started today. Yeah, and I want to address the the money part of this. Mm-hmm. So um so if you're buying from your farmer directly, they will get 
almost all of the money that you're paying for that. Yes. So you are supporting a farmer, like you said, multi-generation more than likely, and trying to keep them in business. If you buy it from the grocery store or even one of the more, I'm going to call it mass produced, like butcher box, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you might own, the farmer might only be getting 10 to 15% of those yeah. profits. Yeah. So I, and this is not just because I'm from Indiana and we have all kinds of farms, but we need to support those farmers and keep the farms in business because if we think meat is expensive now, what do we think it's going to be like if it all comes from overseas or it all comes from a factory? Yeah, it's That will be really astronomical. Yeah. And so let's say, for example, um, let's say we're taking a pound pound of ground beef and it is $11 a pound from your farmer, but it is $9 a pound from your grocery store. Ask your farmer, do you have regular sales? Yeah. So for example, one near us, um, they had a sale the other day that made the ground beef that is a bazillion times higher quality cheaper than what was at the grocery store. Like I literally looked it up. Yeah. And the two grocery stores we go to the most often what was this? And sure, we had to buy it in bulk. Yes. However, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. We did have to buy it in bulk, but we're not going to buy it for the next probably three months. Yeah. So we're going to save on meat for the next three months. Mm-hmm. Um, we're supporting our local farmer. And this is what we choose to spend our money on because we have to put our dollars where our values are. Yes. That is just what speaks to corporate America. Yep. And this is just one of the things that we as a family, not we, me and Janae, I'm just going to speak for our family. That is what we choose to spend our money on. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would agree. And I was thinking while you were talking, buy in bulk. You can buy an entire cow. You know, if you want to get a chest freezer. Yeah, we split a cow. It's genius. You can split it with someone else. The price that you get. And I mean, you get everything. Yes. You get everything. Yep. And it is pennies on the dollar it what really you would is. spend for it piecemeal from a farmer or from the grocery store I mean it yeah. just I wish I had that ability right now we don't have a chest freezer so it's just not unfortunately right. but it will be you best believe I'm buying a, a pig and a cow and mm-hmm. I mean it not only is that supporting your local farmers you're eating sustainably because you're eating really good meat that was raised really well you can go to that farm and go look at the pig Mm -hmm. If you want. I mean, that's, that is how local I'm talking about. Well, that's what we did growing up. Um, My friends were in 4-H and so they would show the cow for that year. Yeah, It would get a blue ribbon and then we would get it in white paper bags wrapped yes. up in our freezer, you know, yeah. two months later. Yeah. We're like, oh, well, let's go get so-and-so. And we, you know, hop on down there. Yeah. And-, and and not only that, going back to what we first talked about with eating sustainably and meal planning, if you've got high quality meat in the freezer, dinner is never a problem. Right. You can defrost something and add a vegetable and you're golden. Right. Like it it makes it so much easier when you have meat in the freezer. Mm-hmm. It, it just like not only is it going to be high quality food and you're never going to want for that mm-hmm. but if you do have to go to the grocery store you can pick up brussels sprouts and red potatoes and you've got an amazing meal with super high quality stuff right right so it's just sustainable all around and i mean obviously i'm going to hopefully it's obviously this is very far in the future but be starting 
homestead and having animals and all of that mm-hmm. stuff, I'm not going to be able to grow everything. I'm not going to be able to have all the animals. So I'm still going to be buying from my local farmers. Mm-hmm. And it is just such a big deal because you're not only supporting them, you're supporting their families. Mm-hmm. You're supporting a way of life that is just fading into the background. And that is scary. It's yeah. just scary um, because of what you're giving up. And again, I'm not an expert. You just need to go watch some documentaries on factory <laughs> farm meat um, mm-hmm. and and see what the true cost of that is. Yeah. Not only like think about the workers that are there. If you're worried about sweatshops where and you're looking at where you're buying your clothes, you need to go look at factory farmed meat. Yeah. Because they are and getting how the paid paltry. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. The We're people. Not about how the animals are being treated. Yeah, the people the, are being. That treated. aside, the people are yeah. just. It's it's horrible. Um, and that's I don't. And this is getting very big. Um, I don't think that's how God intended us to live. I don't think that's mm-hmm. how God intended us to eat the animals that are on this earth. I don't think that's how He intended their lives to go because it's sad. Mm-hmm. It it really is. And I I just don't think that's how we're set up to live either because you get so disconnected from this meat that I'm eating was once an animal. You lose the sanctity of that. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not trying to get religious. I'm just trying to get like legitimate. Like this was a living being at one point and you get so disconnected from that yeah. that you can feel okay throwing away the waste. You know what I mean? Like yeah, and I do want to talk about this waste idea because this is a soapbox that I will bring out and yeah. die on yeah. and be buried within that soapbox. <laughs> I cannot stand food waste. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> this might be the single biggest food argument that we have in my family is the waste of the food. Mm-hmm. And we do things like, so let's say, for example, um, we have food that, or vegetables, that we had some vegetables. The carrots are a little, yeah. you know, they're not quite crisp anymore. So we put those in a freezer bag and then we make our own stock. Yes. Please don't buy stock in a box. Yeah. Um, And then we will, like for Thanksgiving, you know, the carcass that's left over and we'll have turkey yes. stock. We have... Uh, chicken carcasses, chicken stock, beef we have bones, shrimp beef shells. stock. Yes, so we'll seafood. Have, we'll yes. seafood stock. <laughs> So then once those vegetables have their second life and we make stock, we strain all of that out. And then the vegetables either, um, the vegetables basically go in compost. Yeah. And then the compost breaks down into dirt. And then that is what I use in the garden. Yes. Like, wow, circle of life. That's how it should work. That I find to be acceptable. Yeah. What I don't find to be acceptable is we are not looking in the refrigerator and we end up with three things of cream cheese. Yes. And one will go bad. I hate when I do that to myself. And we forget that we have milk in the garage. We buy an extra and it curdles. Mm-hmm. I, the food waste, man. Yeah. That, so, <clears throat> and part of that is leftovers. Yes. And so what I would like to float and where I'm kind of pulling this back to meal planning is um, because I don't have this one solved. I can't stand food waste as much as, like I said, it's my worst thing, but I don't know how to solve it. And so this is where I'm hoping our listeners could also weigh in on how you deal with leftovers and food waste. Yeah. Creative ways to use leftovers because... You know, that hamburger never tastes as good as it did the first day, but inevitably <laughs> we have a hamburger left over. 
Oh my gosh, um, yeah. So one thing we always did growing up with our leftover taco meat is my dad would put it in grilled cheese sandwiches. Ooh, yum. It was so good. And the first time I brought it up to Paul, he was like, you did what with the what? <laughs> and now he's a convert. But do you have creative uses for leftovers rather than just... It's not creative. You're probably not going to like it. Okay. Um, so I'm responsible for eating most of the leftovers in this house. Mm-hmm. I have a partner that doesn't eat leftovers. Yep. And it drives me up a fucking wall. Like, I get it. Yep. And I'm not going to force him. But I just eat them for lunch. Yes. I will just eat. Okay. So if I have leftover taco meat, I eat tacos for lunch the next day. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. if it's still not going to eat tacos for lunch the day after that. You know what I mean? Because I've not only am I not eating convenience food, so I've spent the time and effort to make that. Yeah. And I made the sauce from scratch and I made the whatever. I'm going to fucking enjoy it. <laughs> and if no one else is going to enjoy it, I'm going to enjoy it or I'll freeze it. Mm-hmm. And then up oh, taco night on a Tuesday, I don't have to make it. It's already made. Or I'll make a double batch and freeze half. Mm-hmm. Or I'll make my normal batch. And if I know we always have a ton of leftovers, I'll go ahead and freeze it immediately. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I guess like I'm thinking about we had fish tacos and I didn't want it to go to waste. So we kept it. And now I have this martyr complex. Like I'm the garbage disposal that eats all the leftover food. No, go ahead. You go ahead and have your fresh. <laughs> that's fresh a heart chili. posture that I. But that's my thing. Yes. Right? Yes. Like that's your. I, yes. And that's, uh, I think, part of it, too. Like, if I have this soapbox issue of leftovers, yeah. then I'm doing what's important to me. Yes. Why do I have to pull my my family into yes, all this? Yes, yes, yes. Because then you will become funny? a martyr, and then you will resent them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not good for anybody. Because yep. I've been there, and I struggled with that for a long time, because I would just be like, please eat the left. Like, I, we would get in arguments over yep. it. same. And I realize if I don't want this to go to waste, I have those options available to me. So either I half the recipe. Yep. And I don't make the whole thing if we're going to have leftovers and they not get eaten. I'm going to freeze half of it if mm-hmm. I do like the recipe enough to freeze it. And then later on in that month or the next month, bring it out. It's already made. All I have to do is heat it up. We Genius. Can't do that with fish tacos. The cabbage, I don't know, is going to freeze very well. So I, I do I'm, try I'm to keep nitpicking. those separate. Right. Yeah. yeah. So if I know something's not going to reheat well, I'll not put it in until I'm ready to eat it type yeah. of thing. So like kind of keeping it separate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's trial and error and <laughs> eating soggy things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll do that. Or I just won't make something that makes a ton of leftovers anymore. Because right. like Luke doesn't like lasagna. He will not what? eat it. I've tried every lasagna under the sun from the super cheap to the very expensive recipes Uh from the super made from scratch to the just all convenience items. He does not like it. I like lasagna a lot, but guess what? It's real hard to make a one person lasagna. Like it's not impossible. I can do it, but that's pointless to me because you have to buy the ricotta in the size that ricotta comes in. And I don't eat ricotta and anything else. Again, I, this goes back to meal planning too. If I have a ton of ingredients, this this might be the key for you. If I know I have a bunch of leftovers of this type of thing when I make this dish, I need to find another recipe that needs that amount that I can then make. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to find companion recipes when I can. So if I yes. need a pound of carrots and that's all I can buy, I'm not going to use a pound of carrots in one recipe. <laughs> I don't make <laughs> carrot soup often, so it's just not going to happen. So I try to find a bunch of other recipes to back that up that I can use the carrots with. 
or buy stuff to make hummus and then you've got, you've got some yes, snackums. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I trying to make it sustainable in that way of I know that I need a pound and a third for this recipe of ground beef. Where is the other two thirds of ground beef going to go that I'm going to inevitably cook or have left over? Right. Let me figure that out um, and and look at it from that perspective. It takes mm-hmm. more brain. So this is a choose your hard type of vibe. Well, you're choosing what matters to you. Yes. Yeah. So you either yes. choose to be a martyr and eat the leftovers if that's okay, or you choose to be okay with the waste, or you choose to take the time, the extra 30 minutes mm-hmm. to figure out a way to make that to where it's not wasteful. So it's, yeah. you're just picking at what point you want it to be hard and for it to hurt. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all starting where we are. So I don't want, and what's not working, what's not working is I am feeling like a big fat martyr about that. Well, if push comes to shove, Lord almighty, we have the best fed dog in our County. (laughs) The leftovers that that dog gets. Yeah. Or like, kind of like we talked about in the last episode, finding someone that might be a, a single person living alone. Right. Or a young couple or a new mom. Like, Hey, we have extra yada yada. Do you want it? Yeah. You know, or a college You'd be kid. doing me a huge favor if you could just. Yes. Yeah. Or college kids. You know what? My daughter brings her friends uh, home for dinner probably every six to eight weeks. Yeah. And we save the janky Tupperware from takeout and just. Yes. He makes so much food for these girls. Yeah. And we just send it home because then they can have their quote unquote home cooked meal. Yes. For a couple days extra. Exactly. And they do. And they enjoy it. Yep. And they enjoy it more than me being like, well. I guess I'm yeah. having fettuccine Alfredo warmed up. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they love I, it. It's, they, they love it. It's so eating sustainably also like another category to me. And we touched on this in the last episode is community. Yes. Maybe, Relationships are so important. Yeah. It has to be part of this. Maybe make that recipe when you're mm-hmm. going to know you're going to invite people over. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe make it a point to invite Joe and Sue from down the road. Right. <laughs> and invite them to to enjoy that and not have to worry about leftovers mm-hmm. or send it home with them, you know? Right. And so you're not only not having to worry about waste, but you're able to create community with it too. Yeah. And yeah, as introverts, that's tough. It's a battle and it's not something I want to do all the time. And it's not something in this season of life that I can do because I don't have a dining room table. Yeah. But I can take it to them. You know, I have a, right. a list to pull from that I can take to them um, or call a friend and say, hey, <laughs> do you have time to come pick up this extra X, Y, Z? Yeah. And I've never like not been able to find somebody to give something to mm-hmm. <laughs> if I've got something I need to get out of the house. Right. right. Or there's um, there. I am not I don't remember the name of it, um, but it's like a food sharing thing like you say hey i've got half an open bag of rice who wants it come pick it up oh wow i cannot for the i'll have to look into that because i don't remember the name of it can't remember if it's a facebook group or if it's an app or Mm -hmm. because it's kind of like um it's kind of like let let go Uh uh-huh but for food interesting yeah so you can just say i've got this whoever wants it come get it yeah type of thing and it can be anybody from anywhere yeah. You just leave it. You don't have to interact with them or Sign anything. Yeah. So if you're really wanting to to cut down on that waste, mm-hmm. there's ways to like out outsource that and give it to someone else that can use it. Yeah. Yep. 
That's good. Sharing. Yes. And one other thing we were talking about before we hit record is options for, um, well, let me just give you the example. Cause again, with the food waste. So if we're going to make buttermilk pancakes, I don't want to buy the whole liter of buttermilk. <laughs> yeah. And you are giving me this substitution and we can put this in the show notes, yeah. but it'll make about a cup. Yep. Well, that is what we need. Yeah. That's what most recipes need. <laughs> so I, I, if I would have spent more time researching that, I probably could have found it. But talking to other people yes. about this sort of thing, um, you know, just engaging other people about sustain eating sustainable, yeah. they may feel the same way and you can get creative. Maybe that, you know, starts a food co-op or what you were saying about, you know, ingredient shares and things like that. Yeah, dude. I mean, that's, again, the whole point of this podcast, yeah. like not only just for me and you, like outside of that selfishly, like I want everyone listening to, to feel, I don't, I don't even know what word I'm looking for to feel comfortable, feel led, feel, um, purposeful when they talk to other people, Mm -hmm. because that is why I wanted to start this podcast. Like not only did I miss my friends and I wanted to talk to them and have an excuse to, but we don't have a lot of this talking anymore. Right. It's like checking up on people on Facebook or Instagram. You give them a like here or there. You put a comment like, way to go, girl. But you don't call someone anymore mm-hmm. when they've had a big life event. Tell them, hey, I'm so proud of you. Let's catch up. Blah, blah, blah. You don't really see right. people like getting lunch together anymore unless it's centered around like drinking or taking a photo at a really nice plate. You know, there's always mm-hmm. some kind of other uh, undercurrent of why it's happening. It's right. not present. Or like if you are at lunch with someone, your phone is going off the entire time or, you know, it's truly connecting with the people around you. Cause mm-hmm. not only are you going to get new ideas, new ways of thinking about things, skills. I mean, we don't True. learn from each other anymore. Mm-hmm. Like it just, it just stops. You don't talk to your elders anymore because yeah. they're not on Facebook and Instagram. Like, and then you have to sit with them and it feels like a chore because they talk very slowly and intentionally. And we've, we're in this culture where it's now, 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 now. And, right. you know, we can want it all we want mm-hmm. <laughs> to have that, to gain the knowledge, to connect with people. But it, it takes the doing and it is effort. And just because something is hard doesn't mean that it's bad. Right. And we've talked about that before. Like the hard thing is normally, in most cases, the better option. Like it just is like because something takes effort, it's going to make it intrinsically more valuable, I think, to you in in really any aspect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's the idea behind the different topics, because sometimes I wonder, like, are our topics too all over the place? But the gist of that is that there are points of connection everywhere. Yes. Like I am not a cook and I just love these conversations around food and it isn't even necessarily connecting with another person. It has made me rethink like this dang buttermilk has been something I've been ranting about for five (laughs) years or so. Why didn't I think about it a different way? Like this is, these conversations are things that you can have with someone else to have a dawning for yourself or start to think, what isn't working for me right now? Mm-hmm. What is important to me that I can take what isn't working to make an adjustment to 
make it align with my values. Yeah. And you can do that with every sort of thing. Yeah. And that's the idea, you know, we're kind of playing with this, this wrapping up segment. These ideas of connection with yourself or someone else, these are the blessings we want everyone to feel like they take from these episodes, whether it's something we said or some small thing we're presenting at the end. Just this little nugget of happiness and joy that it has brought us that you can take with you. Yes. Yeah. 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 So anything else that you want to say about eating sustainability sustainably, or do you want to tell us um, well, your nugget o blessing? Oh my this gosh. Week? I don't know. Um, okay. Without getting too much into it, um, take a look at vegetable oils and seed oils. Like just do, just do a Google search. And seed oils? Yes. Okay. So just take a quick Google search. And this I, is for everyone. It's just for me, right? everyone. Okay. Yes. It's valuable information. I, I would just caution you to take a peek okay. and there's alternatives that are better for you. And once you see how the bacon is made in this instance, it's not as pretty as a farmer's bacon is made. Let's just put it that way. But vegetable oil. Seed, yes. Seed vegetable oil. oil. Seed oil is on the cusp. Uh-huh. Vegetable oil is really where you want to okay. look at how it's made and what it's a byproduct from. Not that I'm going to be Googling this during work meetings today, but yeah. I'm intrigued. Yes. Like vegetable oil, I know, is sort of sketch. Um, yeah. Vegetable, canola, uh-huh. just all I'm of fascinated. that. Sunflower, which is like okay. on the better end, but still like it's just some, a good thing to look at. Right. Um, just being aware of what you're putting in your body and... Again, like when you cook what you're doing. Yes. When you cook from scratch and then you start really looking into, okay, well, how is the oil made? How is the flour made? Like truly, truly from scratch. If I was a farmer, how does, how does this get processed? And Mm -hmm. is that okay? Like, obviously I'm on a, I'm way down the road on that. Um, When some people might just be at the point where they want to stop buying hamburger helper. Mm -hmm. Like I totally, totally understand that. But it, it's something to look into. I would ca- just take a look at it and see how you feel about it because okay. you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people know. Um, and buy from your local farmer's market because it's yes. amazing. And by farmer's market, I also want to suggest people look for that guy on the side of the road. Yes. Watermelons, $5. Yes. Like, yes. <laughs> we were talking to my daughter about uh, boiled peanuts. Oh, my gosh. Or wait, let me practice my North Carolina accent. The bowl peanuts. Bowl peanuts. Bowl. Yeah. Um, you can't buy boiled peanuts from the grocery store. You need to buy boiled no, peanuts from a man with nine fingers and three teeth. Yes. Those are the good on the side yes. of the road. Because he has cooked that for his entire life. You know what I mean? And then his yes. parents did it before him and... Again, with the generational legacy and knowledge that goes into that, like you can't yeah. replace that. Oh, you know what? I'm glad you brought us back around to to that knowledge. Um, this is total aside, and I trampled over you. You talking about your closing item? I think, but oh no, that's it. That's all I had. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> is I wanted to say that if you're not sure what's in season and you're not sure what to make and you don't have a plan going to buy food from the farm stand. Ask the person you're buying it from. Yeah. I can't tell you how often I've just said to the person. What do I cook with this? Or I said, (laughs) I don't know what this is. What does it taste like? How do I prepare it? And what does it go with? Nine times out of 10, they've cut that thing up, right? I was going to say cut that bastard. Okay. They cut that bastard right up in front of me and giving me a slice of it. Yep. Um, It's so good. Yeah. 
And it's gotten me a vegetable that I never would have tried. And they probably can tell you a million ways to preserve it, to cook it, to freeze it, to, yes. Yes. You might want to take your little notebook with you to the farm stand. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I'm going to super shift us, uh, (laughs) (laughs) with, with my little nugget that has just been a, such a blessing of joy this week. It is a TV show. Um, and it is on Hulu, and it's about the Lakers, and it's called Legacy. So uh-huh. there, are, and this is actually interviewing players, front office mm-hmm. people that were involved in it, because there was another Lakers show that was out about six months ago that was a fictionalized oh, approach yeah, yeah. to a book about the Lakers. Yeah. So I first of all, I love everything related to basketball. Second of all, my husband loves everything related to basketball, so we're super into it. And I love the different perspectives because you can see where, like, the truth is, like, you can see the thread of truth through it, and then you can see the wave that both of them put. Because if I'm an asshole and you're interviewing me, I'm going to sugarcoat it. But then the fictionalized episode probably made me look like a bigger asshole just to make (laughs) it really be standing Yeah, yeah. So it's just really fun because I truly think, and this sort of brings it around to relationships, there's always three sides. Mm -hmm. There's your side, my side, and what actually happened. Yep. Because we're coloring it with our experience. Yes. And I just, it's just such a delight to watch. And it's really made me start to think like, how often do I just completely take it and run with whatever I hear and not stop to think about what that other person thinks and what actually happened. Yeah. So it's been really interesting. I don't care for the fact that they're doing it one at a time. I want what I want and I want <laughs> uh, it now. Convenience so, sounds go like. That's right. I'm going to go back and listen to the convenience episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Waiting is a good thing. You know, <sighs> time takes time. Um, I And I, it's not your fault. We're conditioned. Yes. We're conditioned for a season drop at once. Yep. Uh, to just gluttony and just take it all in you know and binge it and it didn't used to be that way you asked you used to have to wait every week for the show to come on you used to have to be home because you couldn't record it Mm -hmm. and if you did it was on like vhs and you had to still be there to record it and it we have lost out on like that was that was like a big deal to be home for a show you know what i mean like you had to really make it a priority and now it's so passive that yep we, we don't have to wait most of the time. So I, I yeah. am kind of glad they're bringing it back. Yeah, Because it teaches some, me a lesson. <laughs> there is, yes. It teaches us the anticipation of having something to look forward to. Yes. And yeah. being excited about something. Yeah. yeah. And we want to hear what our listeners are looking forward to. Yes. And how you're eating sustainably. And what I do with those GD leftovers. Yeah. So Please, come find ideas. us wherever we are on social media. I am at sustainable underscore Sue. And yes. Janae, where can we find you? At Janae PV. Excellent. And you can always just drop a note in the um, Instagram post for the podcast that comes out yes. each week. That's at Conscious Contact Podcast. Yes, it is. So we'll see you there. Thanks, Janae. Bye.